The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how to make the most out of your programmatic media buying efforts. Joining us is Dan Greenberg, who is the CEO and founder of ShareThrough. ShareThrough is an independent native advertising platform that powers in-feed native ads for publishers like Forbes, Times, and CBS. The ShareThrough platform enables enterprise ad buyers like Coca-Cola and Procter & Gamble to programmatically distribute branded content at scale. And outside of his work at ShareThrough, Dan has been named the Ad Age 40 Under 40, the Forbes 30 Under 30, and Inc.'s 35 Under 35 Founders list. And he is also honored as an Ad Age Media Maven. And yesterday, Dan and I discussed how to optimize your supply path when it comes to your programmatic advertising. And today we're going to talk about the rise of what's called the Enhanced Ad Exchange. Okay, here's the rest of my conversation with Dan Greenberg, CEO and founder of ShareThrough. Dan, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. Excited to have you back on the show. Yesterday, you and I talked about what really matters when it comes to optimizing your supply path. And when we're thinking about programmatic advertising, it's not just serving a display ad and basically cutting out as many middlemen as you can. We basically landed the plane on there's a bunch of different places and ways that you can serve your ads, and they're not all created equal. Some of them have different ad experiences, different ways they're serving their ads, latencies. There's a lot that goes that can impact your bottom line performance when it comes to picking which ad exchange you're actually working with. Today, we're going to talk about the rise of the enhanced ad exchange. Talk to me a little bit about what you mean by enhanced ad exchange. Just to start right on the point we ended on yesterday, the key to supply path optimization for programmatic buyers is biasing your spend towards your highest performing ad exchange partners. And when you start to unpack that and think about what does it mean to be a high-performing ad exchange, in the past, ad exchanges were kind of interchangeable. A banner on one was the same as a banner on the other. I got a 300 by 250 display ad, and it looks the same no matter who's serving it. Exactly. And same with video and pre-roll. A pre-roll ad served in front of another video doesn't really matter who served it. A video pre-roll is a video pre-roll. So when I think about the new world order today and what's changed and why I talk about enhanced as an important concept, is that this company exists to help bring the ad exchange into the modern era. Meaning an ad exchange is not just designed to connect the dots between publisher and advertiser and be the pipe, but to really enhance and improve the experience for everybody. 
So let's talk a little bit about those experiences. It is not just serving the ads. It's not just taking the standard banner. It's how it's actually integrated into the website. This is really the enhancement or, or the main most important one. Talk to me about how ad exchanges like ShareThrough are actually enhancing the ad experience. I think about it through three vectors. Ultimately, we care about humans. And to me, humans mean the readers themselves, but also the publishers, the folks who run these publisher websites, and also the buyers. You know, Procter & Gamble is not just a business. It's human beings who work at Procter & Gamble whose job is to buy high-performing, cost-effective ads. So when I think about our exchange, it's enhanced on really all three vectors. The most easy and obvious one to talk about is how it's enhanced for the human being reader who sees the ad on the page. But I also will talk about how we think about having empathy for the publisher side of our world and empathy for the buy side. For the publisher itself, to me, it's about building and funding a better reader experience on the web that has non-intrusive ads that people just don't hate. Ads that are integrated, that feel respectful, that feel comprehensible, that when you see it on the screen, you don't groan and try to find the X. If you don't like it, you just thumb past it the same way you do on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or any other social platform. And so to me, we only accept quality inventory, trusted websites. We only power the integrated ads on sites that are fraud-free and respectful. And to us, that's a baseline. But when we think about enhanced ads on those pages, what it actually is is about taking the page, understanding the page, the elements of the page, the style of the page, the layouts of the page, and then making the ad itself do its best to fit into that page, whether it's in the feed or in the content on the article. It's about designing the ad experience that when the user sees it, they go, okay, see it, it's an ad, makes sense, I understand it, I skimmed the headline, interested or not interested, and I can move on. But that little moment of two seconds of a user comprehending the ad and skimming the headline, that's gold if you do it, right? I think that there's an important balance here between integrating into the website, making sure that the ad feels like it is meant to be on the page, but then also separating it out and making sure people understand that it is an ad. Talk to me about walking the line when you think about the experience between native advertising that isn't actually clear that it's advertising and making sure that customers actually convert on the ads. What's the right balance? 100%. Every user who sees an ad should know that it's an ad. We've designed our ad formats so they meet the FTC guidelines. Hang on. I'm going to push back here. You say that and it's good. It's great for the podcast. But on the flip side, as a marketer, it's like, no, I, I care about what is going to perform. And a lot of the times highlighting, hey, banner ad, this is an ad, this is I'm selling to you. That isn't always the best performance. And I'm not saying that you should mislead people or make them think that something is or isn't an ad. Yes, everyone should be aware of an ad. But the smaller that you make the declaration of the ad, in theory, the higher the performance. So there is a balance there. I'll push back too. I would say the higher quality the content of the ad is, the higher it performs. The higher quality the integration on the page, the higher it performs. But to me, it's a non-starter if the user doesn't realize it's an ad. Yeah, there's an ethics conversation to be had here of like, can you make native ads that don't look like they're native ads? Does that help performance? Yeah, and a legal conversation. The FTC has guidelines around advertising disclosure in general, as well as native advertising disclosure specifically. And we are compliant, as is, I think, most of the industry compliant with that, because it's just, to me, the baseline. Every ad needs to say, you know, ad by Coca-Cola, ad by Nike, ad by whatever. But to me, the key is if you can make the ad fit in respectfully, when the user sees it, they know it's an ad, but they're not running away from it the same way they would if it was an overlay that interstitialed the page or a pre-roll that plays before the video. And I think the key to me is that the user needs to comprehend the meaning of the ad. It's not just about seeing, oh, here's an ad on the page. 
It's seeing the ad on the page, reading the headline that says six ways to optimize your supply path sponsored by share through, which is a pretty meta comment to make on this podcast just now. <laughs> but the idea is seeing it, understanding, okay, I get the point of that ad. If I'm interested, I'll click. If I'm not interested, I'll move on. And I'll share this mini little anecdote. I haven't done this research in quite a while. But as the company started, some of the research we did probably five, six years ago was around user comprehension of understanding ad disclosure. And some of that research, you show people two treatments, one that's just the standard banner ad on the page and one that's a more integrated native ad on the page. And you ask them on both, do you see an ad? And for the one with the banner, everyone would say, yeah, there's a banner on the page. What do you mean? Obviously, I've seen an ad. And the one with the native ad, sometimes they would say, no, I don't see an ad. What do you mean? And if you ask them a little further, they'd say, well, obviously, I see that marketing from Coca-Cola. Obviously, Coca-Cola paid for this. Obviously, that's a piece of content or a thing from Coca-Cola. It's a sponsored post from Coca-Cola. But to them, it's not an ad. Because to most people, ad means an annoying thing in the corner that's a foreign object unrelated to my page. They're not using like our ad tech language to say it's an ad. But they clearly know it's sponsored, paid for, and brought to you by Coca-Cola. And that's the point, is that someone needs to understand this isn't just organic content. It's paid for. It's clearly an ad. Whether you use that language or not, it's clearly an ad. But to me, it's about just making sure that they comprehend not just the fact it's an ad, but more so comprehend the meaning of that ad. All right. So there's the ad disclosure piece, which is, you know, making sure that you're making it clear that there is some sort of sponsorship and advertorial or advertising relationship. Something that we try to do here on the MarTech podcast for what it's worth, everyone. This is not an advertorial piece of content you're not being <laughs> sold to right now. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. What are the other components of making native ads actually work other than integrating them in, but making it clear that they are actually ads? Definitely. And it's beyond native as well. Like our business is anchored in native. We standardized the programmatic native ad format. We wrote the spec for a real-time bidding format that brought native into the forefront. But we've expanded to display and video as well. 
So as we think about enhanced ads, enhanced isn't just native. It's also something that applies to display banner ads and also something that applies to the video ads. So enhanced to me is both how it renders to the page, which we do with native first and foremost, but we also do with display and video. We render a video ad so it's more integrated. We render a display banner ad also so that it's just a bit more integrated. But enhanced also means what you're doing in that supply path to just clean it up, make it perform better. A handful of examples of that are around transparency, quality, fraud-free supply, making sure that a bid request gets enhanced before it gets sent up to the VSP so that it's fraud-free. We also do a lot of things with private marketplace deals, which I don't know how much that matters for this audience, but thinking about buyers who buy just like the open exchanges programmatically versus buying PMPs slash deal IDs. And I think most sophisticated programmatic buyers are spending 80% or so of their money on private marketplace partnerships. And within the world of PMPs, there's a lot that we can do to enhance a PMP, like data about the placements that are inside of it, data about user behaviors, PMPs optimized for different performance goals, whether it's viewability PMPs or cost per complete view PMPs, things like that. And even this is a fun example of a product that actually we just launched that fits nicely into the enhanced concept. We just launched the capability to decorate a PMP with research so that a buyer who buys the PMP doesn't need to set up a whole research partnership tech stack with Millward Brown or Foursquare or Place or Servata or whoever else. But actually just by buying a share through ad, buying a share through PMP, we've been able to make it so that the buying of that ad triggers a whole survey-based research program so that a buyer who's buying across the share through PMP can also just at the same time get brand lift, brand metric, brand research type studies, all as just part of the PMP they bought themselves. So just to make sure I understand that when you're buying advertising through a private marketplace, a PMP, an enhanced ad exchange would be able to not only just serve your media, clean it up, make sure that your bid is not fraudulent, it gets to the right place at the right time with the right creative, but also that you're able to collect data about the performance of that ad campaign so you have a better understanding of not just the direct response, but also the brand value that it created. Yeah. And doing that in a way that doesn't require third-party partnerships or some sort of weird step outside of the buying flow. You know, we have a lot of empathy for our traders, our programmatic buyers, and the traders who buy share through and buy programmatic media. And asking them to do stuff that's outside of their existing workflow is really challenging. And so part of the idea of being an enhanced ad exchange means bringing the value to the buyer instead of asking them to go do something special or unique or different. In this case, like what you described, the research capability bringing that straight into the PMP itself so that you can get brand lift research straight from a PMP without having to go strike separate research deals with some sort of third-party research company. Okay, so understanding how your ads are performing and getting a sense of the brand lift without breaking your existing workflows is another enhancement that you can get from your ad exchange. Are there any other enhancements that you can think of that you or some of the other ad exchanges have done that help marketers understand how these ad exchanges are actually different? There's definitely a seed of a burgeoning industry here. I think we're the first to call ourselves an enhanced ad exchange. But I think if you ask any ad exchange what makes you unique, they'll tell you a story about, again, fraud-free, low latency, efficient supply paths. And underneath each of those points is some sort of technology that they bring to the table that does enhance the way that they think about serving ads to pages. We are fully committed to that track. And we've really oriented our whole company around that notion that the ad exchange should do something to enhance the supply chain. I'm not sure everybody's there yet, but for us, that's definitely the path that we're on. And we're really only in like the second chapter of that. The first chapter of that was building native, just building a programmatic native ecosystem. 
we've just started the second chapter of that, which is starting to enhance other vectors of the programmatic ecosystem. So not just the creative format, but also, like we said, you know, adding research to PMPs, bringing more data to bear, just sort of enhancing the supply chain, even on the publisher side, enhancing the supply chain so that a standard impression request that comes through the share through pipe gets enhanced with some placement data before it goes up to the DSP. So there's a lot more that we will do there. There's a lot more on our roadmap of other things we can do to enhance. But a lot of it also comes from our customers saying, I would like to be able to do XYZ without having to go out and around and strike other partnerships. I'd like to be able to do XYZ through my existing DSP, through my existing workflows. And they lean on ShareThru and other exchanges like us who are more focused to be able to deliver on those enhancements that don't require sort of the Google level of bureaucracy to get changes made to an ad exchange. So last question for you. As I think about evaluating ad exchanges, right, it adds another level of complexity into media buying. And I'm just kind of doing the mental gymnastics in my head. At first, I'm thinking about my channel mix. Do I want to buy my media through Facebook? Is it digital or non-digital? Do I want to go through social, programmatic, native, native programmatic? Right now I'm thinking about, okay, what's my copy? What's my creative? And now there's this other component of, well, who's actually going to get the ad to the right place? Which ad exchange am I using? How much should this factor into a marketer's decision-making? Is it something they should rely on their agency to figure out? Where do you think this lives in marketers' priorities? I'll say this, more than ever, it's important to have trusted supply partners. Marketers know that. You know, they've been working with the ESPNs and the Condé Nests and the Time Inks of the world forever. And obviously now Facebook and of others have become part of the go-to trusted partners. But I would say that a handful of ad exchanges, not 10, but two or three, are important enough to put into the list of your most important trusted supply partners. Whether you're Procter & Gamble or whether you're a direct-to-consumer brand or whether you're a performance-driven programmatic buyer, ultimately, where your ads run and the humans that they reach is all that matters. So the supply partners you have that allow you to reach those people that you need to reach. And you don't need hundreds of supply partners, but you do need 10, 20, 30. And there's definitely a seat at the table for a handful of exchanges to be thought of as your core supply partners. So in a world where cookies start to change, and in a world where you can't just blindly say, I want to buy ads on the open internet and hope that it reaches my user because I have a cookie to keep me safe. But I actually need to trust that the audiences are real. And I need to trust that the content is high quality and I'm surrounded by high quality content. It's more important than ever that marketers trust their supply partners. You can't really fake a cookie, but there's a lot of other stuff that you can fake. So if you have a cookie, it's probably safe to be able just to run across like the whole open random internet to some extent. But in a world where you don't have that cookie anymore, you need to trust that your partners are working in your best interests. You need to trust that the audience profiles that they're making available to you are true and honest and real, that the inventory and the sites and the content that they're making available for you to run ads across are high quality and real. So the world of the cookie-less web is still you know, a year or two away, but marketers are starting to sort of tool up for that future world. And I would say having trusted supply partners that includes a handful of programmatic exchange supply partners is critical to be able to navigate that path. I think of it a little bit like a car metaphor. You probably want to know who your car dealer is. That's kind of obvious. You want to know who the channels are. You probably want to know your mechanic. And this is even a level down your part supplier as well. And, you know, maybe you're not thinking about who's creating the wires in your stereo, but you want to at least know what the brand of the stereo is. Maybe it's a bad metaphor. Either way, <laughs> Dan, I appreciate you coming on the show and walking us through your views on the ad exchange and what makes a modern enhanced ad exchange as well. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks to Dan Greenberg, the CEO and founder of ShareThrough for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Dan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is dgreenberg, which is D-G-R-E-E-N-B-E-R-G. Or you could visit his company's website, which is sharethrough.com, S-H-A-R-E-T-H-R-O-U-G-H.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we've got summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.